0: You may be seated. Happy Sabbath. Uh, the whole week, during them, she has a really crazy uh, answer to prayer. I don't know if that's what she's gonna share, but um, man, her, her spiritual life, her prayer life is just so healthy, and um, and we're just really looking for another uh, warm welcome to Loma Linda. Thank you, Pastor Judy. Happy. Um, I texted Pastor Richard, and I asked him, I said, hey, you're not going to, like, I don't need to be introduced, right? I'm just going to go straight up. And then he said, I said, sorry, I said, Pastor, are you going to introduce me, or should I go straight up? And then he responded, yes. (laughs) So I was like, okay. Um, But now I understand. (laughs) Um, Hey, can we give it up for our youth praise team? It's like so awesome seeing them um, leading praise at our church. Um, okay, that's fine. All right. Um, how many of you guys, you went to Bolivia with Loma Linda Church for a mission trip a few years ago? Okay, like a handful of you guys. Um, how many of you guys are considering going to Cambodia this year? Okay, very few hands. All right, you should consider it. Um, When I was a youth pastor at LA Central, we went to Bolivia three times for missions. And every year was, there was like this very unique experience in trying to leave the country of Bolivia. So our first year, we were driving to the airport. It was four in the morning because um, the place we were staying at was quite a distance away from the airport. So we were um, in this very, um, like a bus that we like lovingly referred to as like a tin can, because like genuinely, if you like leaned on the bus too hard, like there would be a dent, <laughs> all right? So it was like a very um, delicate bus. And so we're on this bus, it's four in the morning, we're being driven to the airport. And um, we all just like passed out, we're like sleeping. And I remember waking up because our bus driver braked super suddenly, like came to a screeching halt. And I like kind of opened my eyes and I thought, my first thought was, there's a fire, because there was like smoke swirling in front of us. And I was like, there's a fire. And then I heard like tink, tink, like tink, ting, ting, tink, like, tink. Ting, ting, ting. And I was like, there's a fire and it's raining. But um, both of those things were incorrect. What had happened was um, the smoke that I saw swirling in front of me was actually the dust from the dirt road that we were on. And the little noises that I was hearing on the roof of our tin can bus, um, it was the sound of rocks falling because we were in the middle of a landslide. <laughs> and um, immediately, our bus driver, he puts the bus in reverse, and he starts backing up like crazy, and like, by this time, we're all awake, but you know when you're so scared, you can't even, like, you're just silent, it was like, so quiet, everyone's just like, holding on, and he finally, after backing up, like, I don't know how much, um, he parks, and then he looks back, and then we're all awake, and we're looking at him, and then he goes, (laughs) <laughs> right? He's like, he's like it, it's, it's all good. And we're like, okay, like what do we do now? And then he's like, you are not going to make it to your flight. Um, we had to wait for the sun to come up. When the sun did rise, we saw that um, if our bus driver, instead of backing up, if he had um, sped forward, we would have been crushed because the boulders were like, like um, a third of the size of the sanctuary, right, that had fallen, and we were on, I don't even know how he backed up so well, because we were on the edge of this cliff, it was very dramatic, right, so that was year one, okay, year two, there was a storm, and um, uh, the, we were staying at Dr. Tozong Kim's, um, his mission site, and he was like, you know, there's a storm coming in. I think you guys need to actually, I know you were planning to leave tomorrow, but you should leave today because if you get caught in the storm, um, his uh, mission site, the school that they're at, it's in the middle of the jungle. Like you have to like drive through the rivers to get into the middle of the jungle. And obviously it's not paved roads. So he said, you know, if you wait too long, you're going to get stuck here because the bus, no transportation will be able to leave the jungle because of the rain and the mud for all of us who were there the first year, we're like, you don't need to tell us twice. We're like, we gotta leave now. So everyone's like packing their things and I'm like going around like, like just, it doesn't matter, just like pack your bags, we're leaving now. And so everyone's like putting things in their bags and the rain starts falling and then we're like, everyone hurry, hurry. So like we got on, we got on the bus, we're like, you know, it's, okay. it's gonna be okay. We, we have to drive an hour and a half out of the jungle, but we'll be okay. So we're on the bus and then like the rain is coming down. And as the rain Is coming down, you know, like, usually cars, buses, transportation, it moves like this, right? It moves forward. Our bus kept moving like this because it was sliding in the mud, and um, our bus driver was like, it's not gonna work, like, um, and, you know, was like, it's not bien. He's like, no, like, this is not bien, so we're like, okay, Uh, so he told us, All right, some of the guys, they they jumped out of the bus and they would go and look for like big rocks and then try to put it under the wheels of the tires, uh, under the wheels of the bus, and then try to give it some traction. But because we were doing that, we were moving incredibly slowly. And the bus driver was like, this is not going to work. Like, we need to leave the bus here. So we needed to then um, walk out of the jungle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and then they're like, it's okay, the jaguars don't come until it's like really late at night, we're like, <laughs> okay, um, so we were trying to walk out of the jungle, it's so muddy, so slippery, like everyone's falling, it was truly like, it was a, a, not a train wreck, but like a bus wreck, and it was just, it was bad, okay, that was year two, as we're approaching year three, um, people are like, oh, PJ, are you going to go to Bolivia third time, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't go to Bolivia anymore. And everyone's like, come on, it's gonna be so fun. I'm like, no, I really don't want to go to Bolivia. Um, and I really didn't want to go to Bolivia. Okay. Um, I was familiar with the bug bites. I was familiar with the lack of electricity. I was very familiar with the lack of hot water. Like we had to take cold showers and that's like winter time in Bolivia. Um, I was very familiar with the bus that always gets stuck in the river and we always have to go into the river and push the bus. And, I was just at a place in my, like, life where I was like, I do not want to suffer, right? Like, I just want to live in my house and use my toilet and my shower, and I don't want to go to Bolivia. Let's pray. (laughs) Uh, Gracious Father, um, we invite your Holy Spirit. Um, I know you've been here with us all week, um, but now as you teach us— this is not about me. Um, this is about what you have taught me. And so um, edit this however way you want to. Um, God, this is your time. Teach us how to pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. They convinced me to go. Um, I went to Bolivia the third time. And this third time, the time that I was dreading the most, it ended up being my most favorite experience in Bolivia for one reason and one reason only I learned how to pray on this trip and I know that sounds like kind of weird because I had been pastoring for four years at that point and four years before that I had been a theology major um, studying to be a pastor and before that I had been a Christian at that point I'd been a Christian for 12 years so how is it possible that it was only at this point in my life that I learned how to pray So um, when we went to Bolivia, uh, a friend of mine joined us. And for those of you guys who are at West Coast Camp Meeting, um, you were able to meet him because I actually brought him as a speaker. And um, he is my friend who, he is Korean-Argentinian. So he was like raised, he's Korean, but he was um, raised in Argentina. And um, he is one of my friends who like, loves Jesus the most. Like, you know, you have like friends like that. And he's a dentist. So since he was in South America, I told him like, hey, hey like we're gonna go to Bolivia for missions. Like, do you wanna come? And he's like, yeah. And so um, we met up in Bolivia and one of the first things he tells me when he sees me, he goes, uh, we speak to each other in Korean because his English is like really bad. And, um, and so we speak to each other in Korean. And then, he, so he says to me in Korean, he goes, he goes, Juni, I learned how to pray. And I was like, that's nice. Like, I was like, okay, um, and I'm like kind of confused because he's a great lay leader for the church. I didn't really understand what he meant. And to be honest, even though um, I've been praying since as long as I can, like as long as I've been a Christian, prayer for me personally, it wasn't something that came like naturally. It wasn't something that came easily. You know, people in church they always say prayer is just a conversation between you and God. Okay, that sounds really easy, but like, why was it so hard for me to pray for more than just a few minutes? Unless I had like a lot of issues, unless I had a lot of problems, um, unless I needed a lot of help. If it was not that kind of situation, prayer was not like, it did not come naturally for me. Even as a pastor, the longest periods of prayer for me were, it was always when like I was praying for my youth kids because. I had a lot of youth kids, and they all had a lot of problems, so I had a lot of things to pray for, but tonight, I want to share with you a different prayer practice that changed my relationship with God, and the way you know this really impacted me is that um, I feel like at least a third of you in this room have heard me talk about this at some point. Like If you've been through the Kayan program, I talk about this all the time. Um, Like At different retreats, I've talked about this, and you know what? you're welcome. Because if you're like, I've heard this before, don't tune it out because maybe God wants to remind you again tonight. That's like really what, because I, I was like, I don't know, God, some people know this. And he's like, just tell them again. Okay. So here's the thing. I knew how to pray to God as my father. Okay. And you guys know how to do this too. When I was sad, I would tell him. When I was mad, I would complain to him. When someone like, really irritated me, I'd like, talk to him about it. Um, when I needed help with something, I would ask him for help. And of course, I always tried to thank him for like, the things that I liked in my life, the blessings that I noticed. But I did not know how to converse with Jesus as my friend. My conversations with God consisted mostly of thank you and help me. Okay? Um, but if you think about the conversations you have with your closest friends, you say so much more to them than just asking them for stuff and then thanking them for stuff. If I had a friend, if you had a friend who only calls you when they need help, right? even if they, like, they're really good about thanking you afterwards, you probably would not feel that close to them. I do have a friend like this. right? He always calls me or texts me for one reason and one reason alone. It's like when he has girl problems and he needs advice, right? So he'll, like, oh, text, tell me about the newest girl and, like, what's going on with them. And then I always give him advice, and he always tells me how smart I am. He's like, oh, you know, like, you always give the best, best advice. I'm like, I know. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, you know, thanks. Like, you're the best. Like, I'll text you later. And I'm like, I'm doing fine. Thank you. <laughs> right? And so my Argent- Argentinian friend, his name's Dale, he says to me in Bolivia, he's like, Junie, I learned how to pray. And I'm like, good. And then he's like, we're friends, right? And I'm like, yeah, we're friends. And he's like, what do we talk about? I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, I ask you about like, how your family's doing, how work's going. Um, you know, like, I tell you about how church is going, like, my friends, my family. He's like, kuchi? He's like, right? That's what we talk about, right? And I'm like, yes. And then he's like, we don't just ask each other for things and then say thank you. And then he challenges me to go and talk to God. He's like, you're gonna go talk to God right now. He challenged me actually to do this for three nights. He's like, go talk to God for 20 minutes every night to begin with. And the catch was, I could not say thank you for anything and I could not ask him for anything. And um, like one rule or one tip that he offered was pray out loud so you don't lose your train of thought. So, I was like, okay, yeah, like I'll try it, you know. Like sometimes, like people like suggest things to you as a pastor, and you can't say no because, like, that's not what pastors do. So he's like, you should try this new way of prayer, and I was like, oh, okay, like thank you, like I'll try it. And he's like, do it now, and I'm like, right now? He's like, yeah, and I'm like, but it's the middle of the day. You said to do it at night. He's like, no, 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 the timing doesn't matter. Go do it now. I'm like, oh, like right now? Okay. So I wa- he makes me go into this field. And I'm standing in the middle of the field and he's like by the school. And he's like, like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude. Um, okay. So I start. I'm like, Hey, God. Um, so Dale just told me to like talk to you and I'm not allowed to ask you for anything. I'm not allowed to thank you for anything. Uh, feels kind of weird. Um, I feel like I'm talking to myself. I'm just gonna do this later, okay? And so I went back to Dale. I was like, I was like, hey, I'm gonna do this later. He's like, Ginny, it hasn't even been two minutes. <laughs> okay? He's like, you have 18 more minutes to go. Go do it. I'm like, okay. All right, so I go out again, and I'm I i do not know what to I don't know what to talk about. So I'm like, hey God, ooh, that's a really nice tree. I'm like, good job. Um, like, I really like trees. You. You already know that about me uh the sky is like very blue in Bolivia like you know no pollution um you know like Bolivia's actually like it's really there's the nature here is really beautiful you know thank you oh shoot I'm not supposed to thank you for anything uh, it it was super stilted it was very like it was hard second day I I I ultimately like I kind of finished it and then he allowed me to stop doing it. Second day, twenty minutes again. It was still hard, a little better but still hard to fill up more time. I told him I told God about my day from beginning to end. It was like, literally like I was like, hey, so this morning I woke up. It was cold, so I zipped up my sleeping bag. And then I had to wake up, so I unzipped my sleeping bag, and then I got out, and then I brushed my... T- like, I was just trying to fill the 20 minutes. Still kind of felt like I was talking to myself. Third night, it got a little easier. I, like, had more to tell them about my day. It felt like, oh, the 20 minutes, it went by pretty quickly. The next day, something beautiful happened. Um, on this mission trip, I was working with the optometry team, and... Um, I was in charge of uh, giving people, like, um, the vision test. And I was working with this, like, little old uh, Bolivian grandmother. And I give her the test. And then I'm like, okay, so I think her prescription is this. And so I go and I get her some glasses. And she puts the glasses on. And she looks at the paper in front of her. And she starts crying. And I'm, like, in my, like, really broken Spanish. I was, like, you know, like, I was asking, like, you know, like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong? And then... She takes off the glasses and she looks at me and she says, what she tells me in Spanish is she says that um, her eyesight got bad like 10 years before and she couldn't read her Bible, but like she's so, she's like, I'm crying because I'm so thankful to God because now I have these glasses, like I can read God's word again. And I was like, I was like, oh, like, oh so beautiful right and I was like like don't cry don't cry and I'm like okay like god bless you like bye um and when she left I the first thought that came to my mind was that was so beautiful like I can't wait to tell Jesus about this right like I can't wait to go back to our site tonight and go to my special spot and like have my 20 minutes of prayer time I can't wait to tell Jesus about what happened and this is going to sound really weird. Um, the way I looked forward to my prayer time with Jesus, like that feeling that I had, that anticipation that I was experiencing, it was very similar to the way that, um, like, you know when you're dating and if you haven't dated yet, like, you, you will one day. Um, so, um, you know when you're dating, like, And, you know, you're busy, like, the person you're dating is busy, and so you, but you know, like, at the end of the day, you're going to talk to them, right? And so, like, things happen throughout the day, and you're like, oh, man, like, I'm going to tell my, like, boyfriend or girlfriend about this. Like, I'm going to tell my husband or wife about this. Like, that's how I felt about my prayer time with Jesus, okay? This is not because I'm a pastor. This has never happened to me before. I was like, what? Like, I am anticipating my prayer time the way I would anticipate, like, yeah, Jesus time. Like, I was like, oh, like, I can't wait to, t- oh, that's, like, weird. Like, I've never felt this way about prayer before. And so every night after worship, our group would scatter to our individual spots um, to talk to Jesus. And my spot, my favorite spot in all of South America is this back corner behind the girls' dorm? And every night, I would lay out a blanket and I would look up at the stars, and there are so many stars, and tell Jesus about my day. And that was our spot. It was like it was special to me. And then on day four, what happened was we had a really gross breakfast. Okay, um, like every all the food there is like vegan and vegan food in itself is not gross, but. This breakfast was gross, okay? So it was like um, a corn soup smoothie. <laughs> so it was like not hot. It was in a cup. It was not cold. It was like a little warm. And then there was chunks of something that you could you had to chew. And it was very thick. And so that was our breakfast. And so like I was like swallowing and chewing this. And then I thought... I have to tell Jesus about this, right? (laughs) And then I was like, wait, you know, the difference with like talking to a human at the end of the day, like you got to file away stories to tell them. But with Jesus, you can literally tell him like in that moment, because you have 24 seven access to him. So our mission site that day was about an hour and a half away from Dr. Kim's school. So we would ride the bus for an hour and a half every morning. And because people were like adjusting to the time difference and waking up really early everyone, when we would get on the bus, everyone would pass out. Um, we, we called it car right? Because it's like every time you get in the car, you just like pass out. But that day, it's like I have to tell Jesus about my disgusting breakfast, my disgusting soup smoothie. So I get in the bus, I climb all the way into the back, the very far seat next to the window in the very back row. And I push open the window and I stick my head out because I have to pray out loud and I don't want anyone to hear me. And so I stick my head out and then I, like, kind of prop my arm up there, and then I, I just, like, lean over, and then I start praying. I start telling Jesus about my s- smoothie soup, and um, I'm telling him about that, and then um, I start telling him about, like, the things that I miss eating. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, our soup smoothie was really gross, but, like, I can't wait to, like, go back home, and then eat, like, at or, like, I can't wait to eat, um, Cream barbecue, I can't wait to have a burger from In-N-Out. Like, I start telling Jesus, like, all these foods that I want to eat. And then I'm like, oh, man, and I really, like, you know, like, when my mom just makes, like, 전장지게 and pop. like, I really want that. And then I'm like, I wonder how my mom's doing. Like, Jesus, how do you think my mom's doing? Like, he, is my mom good? Like, you know, like, you know, her and my dad, you know, like, they, they don't believe in you. Like, they are not Christian. And so I, like, tell them about my parents. Start talking about my sister. And um, this day... This has never happened to me before, and it has not happened to me since. But that day, I ended up talking to him the entire bus ride, right? So I talked to him for an hour and a half while everyone slept. And, like, we got to the site, and I was like, we're here already? And um, that day, my day was different, right? Because I was abiding in Christ, my friend, my creator, through this prayer connection. So at our clinic sites, we would, you know, at the end of the day, we would have to put away chairs and tables and clean up at the end of the day. And obviously, like, I would always help because I'm a pastor and, you know, I don't, it's not like I hate, like, helping. But on this day, I wanted to help because it's like kind of hard to explain, but I just wanted to. Like, it made me happy. Like, no, 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 I'll, I'll do this. Like, no, no, I'll clean this. And, I believe it's because it was the desire of the one whom I was connected to, right? So it became my desire too. And it really shifted my perspective. Like this kind of prayer conversation, this prayer practice, like just talking to Jesus as if he's my friend, this prayer practice shifted my perspective about God's word too because it made me crave devotional time in the Bible because I was sharing so much with God during my prayer time. I felt like, Man, I feel like I'm doing all the talking. Like you probably have stuff you want to tell me too. Like there was specifically one night where I told him everything about my day, and then I was like, What about you, Jesus? Like, how is your day? And then I was like, Does anyone ever ask you how your day is? Like, am I the first person in the history of the world to ask you how your day is? And then I was thinking, like, even if you want to tell me how your day is, how can you tell me if I don't open my word? Right? So then I got excited to open the Bible. And it was such a joyful experience that I couldn't wait to go back to California and teach all my church members, all my youth, um, all my college students about this new perspective of talking to Jesus as our friend. So I went up to PUC, and actually some of those students are here today, um, and uh, I, I was like, guys, everyone, like, bring your friends. Like, I'm going to teach you guys about prayer. It's, like, awesome. And so, like, they're really nice ones. Like, they came. And um, I, like, told them about my experience. And I was like, so we're going to go practice this. Like, everyone, we're going to go outside and we're going to pray for 20 minutes. And then uh, one of my boys, he's like, PJ, I have a question. I'm like, what's your question? I'm, like, so excited. And he's like, um, doesn't God already know about my day? Like, why do I have to tell him? And I was like, outwardly, I was like, oh, that is a very good question. But inwardly, I was like, oh, dude, I was like, that's such a good question. And then I was like, uh, Jesus, like, what do you want me to tell him? Because I don't know what to say. And then I was like telling Jesus, I was like, uh, you better give me a good answer. Because if you don't give me a good answer right now, then this is going to seem meaningless to like everyone who I'm saying, like, you should try this. So I was like, hurry up, give me a good answer. And then, praise God, he did. Like, this, he just popped this into my brain. Um, he popped in the face of one of my youth members. Um, this youth member, you know, I, as a pastor, I feel like I deal with a lot of people like, you know, dating and like liking people and like not liking people and breaking up. And some of my kids are a lot more forthcoming than others, right? There, are, there was a period of time where like I would get phone calls at like 1 a.m. Because I had originally made a rule, like, you know, I'm your pastor. Anytime you need me, like, you can call me. This is before I learned healthy boundaries. And so um, I got a phone call at 1 a.m. One of my high school boys. I'm like, hello? I'm like, are you okay? He's like, Pastor. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, I need help. Dude, where are you? I'm at home. Oh, what's wrong? Pastor, remember that girl from camp meeting? <laughs> yes. She just texted me. What should I say? dude is this your emergency yeah um okay what does she say she said what's up I'm like <laughs> all right um just like what, what are you doing like i'm doing my homework okay just tell her you're doing your homework okay so some people are very forthcoming right um other people it's like dude i know you have something going on right now okay i'm not blind i am very social media savvy like i know okay um and then it's like, hey, so anything you want to tell me? And they're like, no. I'm like, you're a liar. Okay? Um, so then I have people who don't tell me anything. And I don't like, truly find out unless like, um, like, like social media stalking works. Or oftentimes, um, like, their peers like tell on them. Right? Like, PJ, like, they're dating. I'm like, I knew it. Right? Um, now, one of my boys, the, the boy whose face was popped into my brain at this time, the answer to my, like, Jesus, give me a good answer. Um, When he was in high school, he wouldn't tell me anything, and he had, like, lots of things with girls, and I'd always know because, like, I'm not blind and because his friends would tell me. Um, So imagine my surprise when he goes off to college and I go to visit my my kids, and this same boy asks me to have lunch, and then he proceeds to tell me, so he, like, swipes me. He's like, PJ, I got lunch. I'm like, oh, we eat at the cafe. He's like, there you go. Like, thanks, man. Um, And then he starts telling me about this girl, you know, like where they met, um, you know, like, you know, why he's interested in her, like, you know, like all these things. And then he asked me for advice on a God-centered relationship. And I was blown away. I was like very touched. And I was very thankful that he was wanting to share this with me. So I shared this, right? I'm I'm at PUC, I'm sharing like this, why we should try this prayer method. So I share these two different experiences and I ask my college students, I say, the end result would have been the same because right after I had lunch with this college student, um, I met up with some of his classmates and they're like, dude, PJ, did so-and-so tell you about, you know? uh?" And I'm like, he did. They're like, okay. So they would have told me. um, The end result would have been the same whether I had like, social media stalked him, or like other people had told me, I would have known about the girl. Or if he had told me, which he did, I would have known about the girl. But the process was so different. And let me ask you guys, which method, which process do you think was more meaningful to me, the receiver of the information? When he tells me, right? And what method do you think is more meaningful to him, the giver of the information? Obviously, when he is the one sharing that information, God can definitely find things out by stalking us, right? He can like, like okay, like, oh, really? You're going to post on your Instagram? Or he's like, like thumbing through like your thoughts. He can replay your day. He can definitely do that. Or we can share it with him. And the end result is the same. God finds out what's going on with us. But what is more meaningful I really want you guys to put this into practice, right? Um, not asking him for anything, not thanking him for anything. Um, if you think about like 99% of the prayers that you hear at church, they all start the same. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the Sabbath. Thank you for everyone who's here. Thank you for this food. We always get the thanking out of the way, and then we shift to, please right? That's the request time. Please be with us. Please, please help us to like, you know, get here safely. Please bless this food. It's always the same. I'm like, dude, he doesn't, he wants to hear those prayers too, okay? But he wants to know what's going on with you from your mouth. Not asking him for anything, not thanking him for anything. 20 minutes just telling him, What's going on with you? The same, like, if your best friend who lives on the other side of the country called you and was like, hey, what's been new with you? You wouldn't assume they know everything that's going on with you. You would tell them, oh, I'm driving right now. I had kind of a rough day. Let me tell you about it. Talking out loud so you don't lose your, lose your train of thought. Um, and if you get distracted while you're doing this, just acknowledge the distraction and then keep going. It's so like you're like telling him about your day and then you're like, oh man, like you start thinking about food. Then tell him like, oh Jesus, I just got distracted right now because I'm hungry. But um, what were we talking about again? It's okay, just acknowledge the distraction, go back to it. I need to be very clear here that this is not a rule for prayer. Like Pastor Juni is not telling you like from now on, never thank God for anything, never ask him for anything. That's not what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is this is one practice of prayer to address one aspect of your relationship. Um, Revelation chapter three, verse 20, Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus is like, hey, I wanna hang out. Do you wanna hang out? Like, I'm ready but like, you seem busy. Will you tell me about your day? Um, it also means that if we don't open the door, he's not gonna break the door down, right? He's not gonna break the door down and read your diary. What may seem obvious to you because it's your daily life, like you're like, oh yeah, that, that's always, yeah. I mean, mm, like, oh, today at Starbucks, like so, someone paid for me right? Something that's like, oh, that's kind of cool. What may seem like very mundane to you, it could be something that gives, that brings your father immense joy because you are taking time to tell him, right? You are taking time to tell him, you're important enough to me that I want you to know this about me. What we hope to accomplish this week through week of prayer um, was a chance to highlight people's prayer testimonies. Um, But, I mean, because I don't know about you, but for me, um, oftentimes my head knowledge of like, yeah, Jesus told us to pray, it's not enough for me, right? Head knowledge isn't enough for me all the time. But what triggers my heart and what triggers my actions is when I am reminded or when I hear about someone else's experience. And either it reminds me of like good times that I had with Jesus or hearing about someone else's experience, it makes me like, I want that too. But to be honest, as I was listening to some of the testimonies of answered prayers this, this week, I thought, you know, even the craziest, like, prayer testimonies, like, man, like, this, this happened, and, um, like, for those of you guys who are here on Wednesday, like, Eugene shared some, like, pretty, like, awesome testimonies of some answered prayers, or, like, yeah, answered prayers, and I thought, I remember when Eugene first told me that story, and I was, like, so moved by it. But this week, like, I think my heart is, like, harder than normal. I think, like, spiritually I'm drier than normal. So sometimes when you hear these testimonies about answered prayers, it's like, maybe it's a coincidence, right? Maybe that just happened. Maybe that has nothing to do with prayer. Maybe prayer doesn't actually do anything. And then it's like, granted, yes, that does seem like kind of a crazy, unusual coincidence, but still a coincidence, I thought about sharing my, like, crazy prayer testimonies tonight, Um, like, wait, like, how did God answer that? But the truth of the matter is, if you're not in a place to be open to that right now, it doesn't matter how crazy my answered prayers are because they're my experiences, not yours. When I was a youth pastor at LAC, one of my high school boys, um, he told me he wanted to get more involved in high school. He wanted to start a club. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what kind of club are you going to start? And then he was like, he looks like super proud. He's like, PJ, I'm going to start and be the president of the Do Something Club. I was like, the what? He's like, the Do Something Club, Pastor. It's for people who want to do something. (laughs) He's like, that was like the point of the club to like do something. And to be honest, like, I didn't really understand it at the time. I don't really understand it now. But... I want to challenge you all tonight to join the Do Something Club. Not the one that meets at Temple City High School, uh, but when it comes to your prayer life, join the Do Something Club. There is a disease that we all have. I call it spiritual amnesia. And the symptoms are you experience God's goodness, you experience his power in your life, you experience his character, and then you turn around and you forget it. And the thing is, it's not your fault because you were born with this condition. You were born with this disease. And because you have that condition, there are things that you need to do to be healthier. You need to do something, right? Whether it's like committing your alone time drive, drive time to to telling Jesus about your day. Um, Whether it's setting an alarm on your phone to remind you to take 20 minutes to talk to him, whether it's prayer journaling, whether it's writing things down that you're thankful for. You know, nowadays there's like prayer apps, Um, whether it's reading through the book of Psalms and praying through the ones that like really resonate with you. Do something. I told you that this prayer practice changed my relationship with God. And it did. And that's the truth. But when I go back to it after not doing it for a while, you know what it's like? it's awkward again, I don't know what to talk about, I run out of things to say after three minutes, wouldn't it be so amazing if people who, like, at one point in their life achieved buffness could stop working out and they stay buff, right, like, maybe not enough people in this room have experienced buffness to, like, relate to that, but, like, you know, just, like, if there's something that you, like, do, and then, like, once you do it, like, you are set for life, that would be awesome, But that's not how muscles work, right? And that's not how prayer muscles work either. That's not how spiritual muscles work either. That's why you need to do something. If you feel dissatisfied with where you're at spiritually, if you feel like you're just going through the motions, if you feel like you're just a body that meets in this room on Saturdays, do something. It will impact. I I guarantee you it will impact every other area of your life. Like Sometimes I'm like this is how I feel about myself. I'm like, don't you want more? Like, this this relationship that you have with Jesus right now, like, aren't you like, isn't it so bland? Don't you want to be one of those people who you're like, today Jesus told me to like, go to the market, and at that market I met this lady, and then like, I ended up like, you know like, there are people who, that's their regular life, right? And that stems from, a healthy, active prayer life. I know because I feel like I've experienced that at one point. And it's, again, not because I'm a pastor. It's because I did something. So tonight, we're going to do something. That's why we're here. Um, this is week of prayer. This is the last night. I am going to challenge us. Um, I'm going to ask. I'm gonna, we're going to put You know, 10 minutes on the timer, and you're going to find a place somewhere in this room. Um, Actually, if you want to go outside, you can go outside too. It's kind of cold though, but um, find a place, and um, you're going to talk to Jesus, and you're going to tell him about what's been going on with you lately, and you are not going to ask him for anything. You're not going to thank him for anything. You're just going to tell him what's going on with you, okay? No asking, no thanking, and you need to pray out loud, Okay? It doesn't have to be loud enough so that the person next to you like, knows all your business, but like just do it so that it is, you know that you're praying out loud, right? So so that you stay on track. 10 minutes, tell Jesus what's what's been going on with you. Don't ask him for anything. Don't thank him for anything. Um, Eugene will play some music for us, and then after 10 minutes, I'll just um, wrap it up with, like,